Titus chapter 1, verse 5. And this is one of the reasons I asked the pastors to be here this morning in that uh, it's dealing with pioneering and starting churches and I'm going to be dealing with that a little bit here today. It says there in Titus, Titus is known as one of the what? The three pastoral epistles. What's it known as? The three pastoral epistles. First, second Timothy and Titus. There were three that are grouped together called pastoral epistles. And the reason they're pastoral epistles is because they were pastors. Because they were pastors. And they were young pastors. <clears throat> and uh, right after verses 1 through 4, which are known as the salutations, Paul says, hey, how you doing? You know, greetings and all that. The first thing he tells a pastor is this. For this reason I left you in Crete. You should set on all the things that are wanting or lacking. And appoint elders in every city as, a, as I have commanded you. And he gives the qualifications for elders. For this cause, doesn't it say, some of your translations say cause? For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou might set in order the things that are wanting. And ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. Listen, to raise up elders is not easy. It's not easy. They don't grow on trees. Uh, ministers do not grow on trees. Pastors don't grow on trees. Uh, it's from the ground up. It's a hard job that Titus had before him. Father, I pray that we would glean from your word here today. There's individuals in this place, as Thalia was saying, that they don't even know that someday they may be pastors' wives, ministers' wives, ministers, evangelists, missionaries, apostles. They don't even know it. But your hand is upon them. This is that type of a sermon, Lord God, that would speak to the heart of those that are called. I know that we're all called to a certain capacity, to certain roles, Lord God, to certain giftings. Let us receive from your word and be better at our call. I ask this in your name. And everybody together said, Amen. You may be seated. For this reason left I thee in where? That's the title of my sermon. Don't. Keith knows that this stuff, right? That's a young person's term, and I'm young. Don't diss. Don't diss me, homie. Don't you be dissing me now. Uh, and that's the title. Don't diss Crete. Titus is doing that. We're going to find that out. He was putting it down. There ain't no apostles in this city. There ain't no pastors in this city. There ain't no ministers in this city. There ain't even no Christians in this city. Nobody wants. Dakota don't want God. That's what he was saying. He was dissident. See, Crete was a small island off the coast of Greece. And at some point during the New Testament times, the apostle Paul had gone out there to spy the land, much as we did Last month when we went into Tracy, and Eddie was with us, we went into Tracy and we took an entourage of individuals, a big old van full and two carloads. And we went spying the land, a lot of our ministers here, because we went, we went, to, plant, we went to Livermore, which needs a victory outreach. We went to Concord, which needs a victory outreach. And we went into to Vacaville. We wanted to go to other cities, but we didn't have time. Because we stopped at Tracy and ate big old hamburgers. Hallelujah. Uh, a big old place, man. Uh, and, uh, but we really like Tracy. It's like growing up now. It's evolving into a powerful city that needs a victory outreach. And so we have, in a sense, chosen that. It won't be long. You're going to be hearing a lot about it. It won't be long before we're going to plant somebody there. But that's what had happened here in the New Testament times. Paul had gone out there and he spied the land. And various people, you know, give explanations as to how he got there, why he went there. But we know that he went to spy the land. They used to do this in Old Testament times with when they sent the spies out, the 12 spies, uh, when Joshua sent only two spies because he learned better, hallelujah, later on. Because only two, you gave a good report on the 12. So Joshua learned. And we learn how to do these things little by little. Uh, now, once Titus begins to wake up to the realities of pioneering, he begins to get a bit of cold feet. 
And it seems like he wants out. He was sent there. He was put there. He was placed there. He was left there by the Apostle Paul and his entourage to start a church. He's doing this, but all of a sudden, after the pioneering stages, he has gone out, and he begins to wake up. Starts getting cold feet. It appears that Paul's letter to Titus was in response to this young man Titus's complaint of having to face some tough and difficult situations. And if you're going to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to face difficulty. Let alone live godly and be a pastor. Let alone live godly and be a minister. You're going to face some difficulty. It's not going to be easy. You're going to want to diss your city. Ah. Uh, See, it appears that the people in Crete were not too discreet regarding the gospel and the gospel's message and the things of God. Look at verses, chapter 1, verses 10 to 13. And I'll show you that. Oh, chapter 1 of Titus, beginning in verse 10 down to 13. Okay. They didn't really, really take to the, to the message. It says there, for there are many insubordinate, that's what was there in Crete, the island. Both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things that they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Matter of fact, as I began to study about this, they had a whole bunch of liars. They were big-time liars, the people there in that island. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Creatures are always, there it is, liars. Evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that we be sound in the faith. Not giving into Jewish fables and so on. See, this puts light into the type of people that Christians were. That Titus had to deal with. See, Titus was a typical young man who's involved early on in ministry. Even pastoral ministry. He was typical. All right? These young men are full of zeal and enthusiasm, yet they often lack wisdom and knowledge due to experience, lack of experience, little experience. They're full of zeal and, oh, yeah, we're going to go do it. Yeah, man, you know, Victor, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. They finally let me out the box. Oh, uh, here I come. I'm going to show them. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, sometimes success can be your own worst enemy. Uh, sometimes I see guys like that. I said, man, God, don't give them that many people yet. I'm sorry somebody sent them out. I'm sorry I sent them out. Uh, because it can get to your head. Sometimes it's better to struggle. At least you go little by little by little. You're fighting for everything. Uh, but you get some people out there, oh, here, here I am. Uh, pastor of the hour. Uh, they're full of zeal, but they lack wisdom. Thus, the commitment to ministry that is given to them can be short-lived. This is what I said. Oh, by the way, today's sermon, I would dare say, make every effort to purchase it. There's a whole lot of stuff going to be going on today. Some of that stuff, I might zoom by it, but you can get the tape, go over it and over it again. I think. I haven't said this in a while about a sermon. This one, this one we can get some stuff here, okay? They're, because of their zeal and all this lack of wisdom, though, their commitment to ministry, the ministry that they're involved in, can be, become very short-lived. Because after a few Troubles and trials, the devil's lies and the devil's offers, they start sounding sound. Start sounding like truth, the lies of the enemy. Man, you, you this and that happened, and yeah, you know what, devil, you want some Starbucks? Let's go to Starbucks. I'm not, I'm not part of United We Can, but I'll pay for your coffee. It started to sound good now, devil. Ah, you want a straw? So their commitment becomes short-lived. That's what was happening here with Titus. He was about to become involved. If, the, if Paul went for what he wanted, it was going to be a short-lived ministry. It started off real good, but then all of a sudden, because of their lack of commitment, uh, their lack of, you know, uh, faithfulness and going all the way, it gets short-lived. So Titus grew weary in well-doing very quickly. He grew weary in well-doing quickly. Crete was a very wicked and godless place. The people had their, this indifferent spirit, both to the gospel and also to Titus. That's what he was experiencing. 
An indifferent spirit. They could care less. They didn't care. They wanted out. It's like a different spirit that hits a, a, a marriage. When somebody's indifferent, the marriage is over. Uh, and that's the kind of people he felt he was dealing with. They had not been there to meet him at the city limits when he got to, there in, in, in Crete with packed tithing envelopes. Okay? Now, that's one of the jokes we use to pastors when they're going out. Oh, brother, when you get there, when you get to Tracy, who's ever going, they're going to be waiting for you with tithing envelopes and $100 bills inside them. Yeah, come on now. No, the people weren't like that. Uh, especially for places that we go. See, their appreciation for pastors and biblical spiritual leaders was zero and below. The people in Crete. Their appreciation for, for men of God was zero and below. A lot like the places we go to. Uh, when we first came here, people, you know, inner city, you know, they're used to, you know, they're used to connections. When they see a minister, they don't, they don't even know how to react. Like, uh, they diss us. Who do they think he is? And a lot of times it's not even them talking. They don't know. They're possessed. We're dealing with a lot of possessed people. Ah, it's the devil talking. And we got to know that, but Titus didn't quite fathom that. It appears that Titus, uh, he had sent Paul a letter of complaint, and he wanted out. It appears that that's what he had done. After a while, he says, man, I, I don't know about this thing. And it appears that he had sent Paul a letter, okay, that he wanted out. And the epistle to Titus is Paul's response to Titus's desire. Okay? And Paul doesn't agree here in the letter with Titus. Okay? Excuse me. He doesn't disagree with Titus and Titus's complaint. Rather, he agrees with him. He doesn't disagree. He says, Titus, that's right. The people and the problems are all that and more. He tells Titus, you're right, Titus. They're bad. They're terrible. They don't want God. Uh, that's easy to assess. Tell me another one. Ah. Uh, but for that very wickedness and indifference to Christian people is the reason Paul placed Titus there. That's what he says. That's the reason I sent you, buddy. Wake up and smell the Moses. Ah. He says, I, I sent you there not because they, they were good. Paul knew exactly that the islands, you know, and, and its cities, that island was, was not Hawaii. Paul knew that. Is that where I sent you? Uh, it's not a vacation spot. Titus was sent there because he was needed, not because he was wanted. Understand that? He was sent there because he was needed, not because he was wanted. Nobody, oh, here comes Titus. Come on, buddy. Oh, name your, pick your house. Uh, no. Oh, take care of his car. Give him a car. No, he was sent there because he was needed, not because he was wanted. Now, it seems that Titus had a knack for feeling sorry for himself. I know none of us do here. I know that. I know who I'm dealing with. You're all tough. But he had a, he had a you know, he, he had a knack for, for, for feeling sorry for himself. How come I get Creed and, and Keith gets to go to Hawaii? I don't understand that. Oh, man. I should have married Nicole. Huh? See, when a person starts having a pity party, listen to me, now here's where, here's where it's going to get good here. When a person starts having a pity party, you can pretty much count on a number of ill-meaning party crashers showing up. Huh? Whenever you throw a pity party, there's going to be some party crashers show up at your party. Rest assured, discouragement He's going to hear about the party, and he's going to show up, and his whole crew, his whole crew, his whole party crew. Here we come. Hey, let's go, man. Party crashers. Then pretty soon, negativism will come in through the back door. Failure and pessimism won't be far behind. They're going to come in through the back room window, hallelujah, or the bathroom window. They're going to come in with Joe Cocker. Came in through the bathroom window. Failure and pessimism and negativism and discouragement. They're going to show up. Thus, my friend, once self-confidence and vision 
Once they see these uninvited guests crashing, they're going to leave. Vision will leave. Self-confidence will leave. I'm not going to hang out with these guys. Uh, they leave. It won't be long before defeat walks right straight through the front door acting like if he owns the house. Uh, I mean, he, he keeps coming in full force to defeat. Uh, it's my party. And I'm going to make you cry if I want to. Uh, and I want to. Why did Paul send you here? Stupid. Dumb. Uh, we don't need you here. Get out of here, Titus. Uh, that's what will happen. See, I've said many times in the past, if you're going to throw a pity party, don't send me an invitation. I haven't said it in a while, but I'm going to read, read it again. I haven't said that in a while. Some of the older ones remember that. I just said it. But it's been a while since I said it. Some of you new ones need to hear that. Uh, if you're going to throw a pity party, don't send me an invite. Don't get my address. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to show up for something like that. Uh, that's what happens. See, self-pity makes cowards out of men. Self-pity turns men into cowards. It makes difficulties bigger than they really are when you're having a pity party. See, no doubt Titus's complaint, it had some validity. Paul said that himself. So to him, to Titus, he thought that surely Paul would understand and that that would be sufficient reason for Paul to call him back. You know what, you're right, Titus. You know, just, just come on back. Just come on back. Oh. Many of us have been there and said that and tried that. We've all tried that many times. A lot of us that have gone out. But we really cannot listen to and be led by our fears. Did you hear what I said? Don't be led by your fears. That's why I'm always saying keep your faith level above your fear level. Once your fear level gets bigger than your faith level, you're in trouble. In Christianity, not just in ministry. Keep that faith level always above your fear level. Fear makes a terrible attorney. But people hire it. You know what I said? Fear makes a terrible lawyer. Fear knows very little about victory. And still people hire it. Fear knows, I wrote in there, fear knows very little. It hardly knows anything and nothing about victory. But I put very little. I'm trying to be nice to fear. Ah, but it makes a terrible attorney. Fear never built an inch of character in anybody, in a woman or a man. Fear never put character into anybody. Not one inch, not one nothing. See, I've said a number of times that Christianity is perspective. And when it comes to problems and difficulties, it all depends on how you look at these problems and difficulties. It's perspective. Are they obstacles or are they opportunities? Are they dead ends or are they just curves on the road? But you didn't get over there to find out. Uh, and you're walking Christianity. Uh, that's what problems are. They look like dead ends, but you'll never know until you get them. Maybe they're just curves on the road. They look like dead ends. You got to keep going. Go keep checking it out. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But some people stop walking. When you're in the shadow of death, when you're going through problems, keep walking, the psalmist says. Yay, though I walk. Keep walking. Ah, maybe stop talking, but keep walking. Mm. See, the book isn't over yet. Keep writing. The book of your life. There's plenty more chapters yet ahead, but you got to keep writing them. Uh, also, I said before, show me your trials and I'll show you who you are or who you should be. Uh, or who you're not. It seems like Titus wanted to quit writing after the first chapter. It seems like Titus wanted to quit fighting after the first round. Uh, what if Jesus had made the same complaint? To his pastor, which was Father God. What if Christ himself had made the very same complaint that Titus was making to Paul? See, Jesus also could have complained that the world that he came to was very wicked. It was a very wicked and terrible place. That his own received him not. He could have complained like that. That he was shown very little honor and very little respect. Christ himself, my friend, was mocked and talked about and ridiculed and ill-received. Even to the point of being put on the cross, killed on the cross, murdered. Jesus could have complained. 
Because what he went through made Titus' mountains look like molehills. The things that he went through. But if he would have complained like that, I believe the father, I believe the father's response would have seemed something like this. Jesus, my son, for this cause left I thee on earth, that thou might set in order the things that are on the East Bay and beyond. See, the force that kept Jesus driven was not so much the goodness and the righteousness of the people. Rather, it was the sinfulness and the wickedness of the people like you and I. That's what kept them going. That's what kept them motivated. That's what kept them driven. See, God the Father sent God the Son to help change the atmosphere and the destiny, the destiny of the sin-sick world. One person at a time. That's what he was sent. To change our destiny. To change our history. Matter of fact, the term history means his story. We're talking about Jesus. That's where we get the word history. His story. Uh, one person at a time. Changing the atmosphere. What if Richard and Daryl and Dan, when they went to the Philippines, what if they would have written to us a little after they got to the Philippines that they wanted out? Because the people were too far gone. They spoke a different language, you know, the different kind of a food. Their living conditions were, were unclean. And besides, nobody's coming to their church services and, and, and to their free rehab home, nobody's coming. What if they would have written us and told us that? What if Josie and I were tired of, you know, running out of diapers and eating very little? And, you know, and, and, and most people look down on ministers. What if we would have got tired like that uh, and had the same complaint and left? Now, in Spain, when Richard went to Spain, Richard did try to come back a few times, but that was not because of the people. That was because of his leader, but that's a different story. Uh, but when he got to the Philippines, he'd already dealt with that issue. I wanted to come back. He already knew. In other words, because he, he tried two times, big time to me. So he knew, I'm not going to call Pastor Steve this time. Because I know what he's going to tell me. Same thing he told me when I was in Spain. Uh, you wanted it? You got it, Toyota. Ah, uh, You stay there, buddy. Uh, he knew that. <laughs> because all of us would know what reply, all of us, you know, we would know what reply that we would get back. Yes, we know the people are bad, but that's the reason you were sent. To try and to change the conditions to set in order the things that are wanting. Uh, Paul goes on to say in the book of Romans that I might win some, that I might influence and affect some. Paul knew that. You can't win everybody. You can affect some. You, hey, you're called to just go do what you got to do, buddy. Some of you already know that this past week, a former pastor in Oxnard, Robert Herrera, he passed away. He was on a Harley Davidson and he wasn't a pastor there no more and he passed away. So I would call down there to talk to my sister and some of the people that I knew from there. And I said, did it come out in the paper? The next day, I said, no, it didn't come out because it happened late at night. Then I called the next day, did it come out in the paper? They said, yes, it did. I said, some, individual, some guy named Robert Herrera from Victorville passed away in Santa Paula. Died in a motorcycle accident. Oh, wow. That's all they do. Then I called back the next day. He says, did, did it come out of the paper again? They said, you know what it did? This time, he says, they found out who he was. He was not just a Robert Herrera from Victorville. He spent 10 years pioneering the work. In, in, in the front page of the Starfleet Press, big old article, big pictures. People talking about how God used him to change their lives, and now they're doing this, that, and the other for the ministry. Now he got his due. Uh, because that's what he was called to do. But they didn't know who he was at first. But see, those are times when he, the, the best times in his life, when God was using him to affect and to change and influence that area where I grew up at. Uh, Ventura County. See, we didn't send Chucky to Indonesia because it was an easy place. Rather, really, because it's a hard and it's a very difficult place. Uh, we don't look for easy fields, but rather for needy fields. Are you with me? We don't look for the easy ones. We look for the needy ones. We don't want to run from difficulties. We want to help to change conditions in the inner cities of this world. That's what Victor is called to do. Uh, we're not looking for men with great faith. Rather, we're looking for men with no faith. 
You hear what I said? We're not looking for men with great faith. We're looking for men with no faith. You know what about God? You can have God. You can, you can, yeah. We should, ah, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want God. Ah, you're the one. You're the one. I'm in the right place. Hey, the guy cussed me out. Now, we're in the right place. Huh? We're not looking for men with great faith. We're looking for men with no faith. But later on, they're willing to get in planes and go halfway around the world with two phone numbers in their pocket. That's who we're looking for. Build faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Little by little. And then it wasn't built in a day. Uh, I was talking to a pastor of Victory Outreach City where there's a lot of action in his city. Uh, a lot of things to do, a lot of things going on. A lot of places of interest where tourists like to go. I was talking to this pastor the other day, and what he said could pretty much sum up what every other pastor in your outreach would say. He said this, yeah, my city has this, that, and the other. A lot of tourists. He says, but I never see it. I never see it. Slow down, honey. Let's look at this. I never get to see my city. A lot of people come here from all over the world, but I never see it. I'm too busy uh, dealing with women from the crest. I'm not, they never brush their teeth before. They're from the crest. Uh, and the reason is because reason that he was sent was to bring reason and hope and destiny to a hurting and lost city. That's what the reason. Well, he never sees a city. He was sent there to help the people of the inner cities. Now let's pursue Titus's complaint even a little bit further. The complaint that he had to his pastor, Paul. Suppose a doctor with a desire from, or excuse me, a doctor from a, with a degree from a prestigious college like Stanford or Cal or Azusa Pacific. Suppose this doctor complains to the head of his, the hospital that he's a doctor at. And he complains that all that he ever seems to deal with are people that are sick and needy. Uh, that he spends most of his time with these type of people. And he hardly ever spends time with the learned, cultured individuals. All he hears are cries and coughs of a sick and hurting people. So because of his surroundings and his situations, he wants to quit. He wants to leave his work. Uh, he says, man, I don't get to hang out with my, you know, I liked that in Stanford. I liked it when I was in the home. All my guys were together, man. That's our Stanford. Uh, I liked it when I was in medical school. Uh, we'd go and we'd learn, but we'd all hang out and we'd all go to, you know, the Hard Rock Cafe and hanging with the buddies, the fellas. You know, I liked it when I was there with the ministerial staff, Pastor Stephen, we'd all go out to nations. But now I'm out with the real nations. I don't know about that one. Uh, what do you think would be the response, the directors of the hospital, to that individual? Yes, much the same as Paul was his response to Titus. Uh, your cause was to set in order the things that are wanting. As a matter of fact, that term that Paul uses to Titus in Titus 1.5 for this cause set thy, left thy thee in Crete, that thou might set in order. It's a nursing term. It's a, it's, a, it's a doctor's term. It means to set in order. It means to put together a broken foot, to set it in order. In other words, I'm sending you places that are broken. Matter of fact, look at Numbers 14.9. Numbers 14.9. This is a scripture that I use as my theme scripture when I teach phase four on pioneering. Pioneering. It says there, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear, fear the people of the land. For they are but tortillas, like Aniva said. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. 
Their protection has departed. When I teach a phase four class, which I'm going to be teaching pretty soon, this is my theme scripture. This is my opening scripture for the class. It's a long class, big class. Many of these guys have already taken it several times. I want to be giving it again. I hope they take it again. Because uh, we're always learning. We're always growing. But I use this as my opening scripture because it says there, he says, we're going to go spy the land. This is a spice coming back. The two spies giving a, a report. So we can take them. It's because their protection has left. In other words, their, their, their whole city's in disarray. It's a messed up city. It's a messed up place. There's no protection there. The guys hang out in the street smoking camels. Whenever they're out. Huh? And the girls spend much of their gas money going to jail to go visit them. Uh, that place is a mess. There's no protection. The devil can walk right in and do whatever he wants to. You know, he can hang with the fellas. There's no protection. That's why we send people there. Uh, that they won't be like that no more. That someday those same guys are going to raise up children that are going to go to Stanford, real. That are going to go to Cal. That are going to go to, that are going to, go to university. That are going to go to college. Uh, they're going to go to business college. They're going to go to... All the, they're going to become attorneys. They're going to be all this stuff. Attorneys without fear. Those are the kind they hire. Hallelujah. Uh, that's, what we're, that's why we're going to send people to uh, Tracy, to other cities, that we might set in order, fix those broken foots, and God can use them. See, if all the people were healthy, there'd be no need for doctors. How about the school teacher whose classroom is filled with ignorant children, not educated children, but that's what he's there for. Or the cleaners whose whole job involves dirty and soiled clothes. Think about it. Uh, needs always call out for helping hands. Hands that might be clean right now, but they're not afraid to get down and dirty later on. They always call for clean hands, but later on they're willing to get dirty. Down and dirty. See, it seems that Titus, he liked and he enjoyed the bustle and the blessings he'd had when he was among the brethren before Crete. Listen to me now. Don't let me lose you here. It looks like he liked ministry when he was part of the circle of Paul. Seemed like he liked it. He liked hanging out. Where are we going to go to? Nations? Let's go to nations, huh? And let me just tell you something. Sometimes in ministry, and let's get, well, I got the guys here. Because uh, I have to fight through that stuff. We, you know, we're, we're sitting here and God's moving, and all of a sudden we're, we're sitting there thinking, because we're not the preachers, we're saying, where are we going to go after the service? Uh, we shouldn't think that, fellas, but the devil lies to us. You know, oh my, because we're not the preachers. We should be here praying for the pe preacher. We should be here tonight praying for Tim. I mean, nothing gets to me more than a minister who's, who's reading the Bible during the sermon or even during the, during the announcements. My God, it gets to me. It gets to me. We should, I've been taught, pray for everything that's happening. Always be, be a part of it. Sit at the edge of your seat. Because uh, we're all team here. Bad preaching is a curse on a prayerless congregation. I've said that before, but I haven't said it in a while. What's bad preaching? God's curse on a prayerless congregation. It's not my fault. Let's go on. No, 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 no. I got a lot to do with it. All right. I understand that. But we should have, we're a teamwork here. We're supposed to pray for each other. Uh, but it seemed like, like I said, Titus enjoyed just the fellowship. He, he probably relished being around his father Paul and the circle that hung around the apostle Paul. But now, now, he thought the only circle around him was going to be a noose. He liked hanging around with Paul's circle, but now he's out there on his, by himself alone. Seems like the only circle around him is a noose now. Uh, see, Titus's job was really not to go out and create his own circle of disciples. Uh, closer, like the pastors that are here. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, all right, fine, you know. But hey, like, like Richard and Al, and they were like best friends. Now they're halfway around the world from each other. They can't spend that much time together. I, I tell them, brother, I'm sorry, that's the way it goes. But you're going to spend eternity together. Plenty of nations up there. Uh, anything you want, smorgasbord. Uh, you can hang out in the same clouds. Hallelujah. Uh, that's not doctrinal. I'm just, just going away. Uh, but it, it gets, you got to go out and make your own disciples now. Get your own circle. See, the problem with Titus was not really all the difficulties and the problems that he faced. But rather it was his lack of vision and determination and confidence. 
to deal with and to face those difficulties. That was his problem. It wasn't the problems. It wasn't the difficulties. It was his lack of vision. It was lack of determination to, fight, to face those difficulties. Titus' greatest problem was not around him, but that was inside of him. It was inside. It's an inner job. How many times have you heard me say, when push comes to a shove, we'll see what you're made of. When you don't have a fight, no problem. Anybody can be bad. Uh, anybody can shadow box. I've said that. I can look bad. Hey, hey. But if Jose was here, <laughs> anybody got a gun? I'm just kidding. Uh, he stays in shape, man. I'm 54. I'm getting over there. You know, hey, nah. Uh. But anybody can look back when you're not really fighting nobody. Uh, see, nearly all men or couples who go out to pastor a church, they all go out with faith and enthusiasm. But along the way, faith can die. Along the way, faith can die. I told you why earlier, all these negativisms. Defeat. See, defeat, defeat has a number of weapons. Understand this. Defeat has all kinds of arsenals and its weaponry. What Titus had done was what most of us do. Titus was spending most of his time counting his enemies rather than conquering them. A lot of us do that. That's why we throw pity parties. <laughs> I got to go to church again. <laughs> I got to go to work tomorrow. Holiday. A picnic. I don't want to go to a picnic. Uh, you start, instead of, you start counting your enemies rather than conquering your enemies. And that's not Christianity. Instead of counting, we should be conquering. See, life really is a battlefield. And anything of value, you got to pay a price. Golden nuggets and pearls would be worthless if they were as common as, as, as rocks or marbles. And not so hard and so difficult to acquire. But they're hard to acquire. That's why they, they were, they're worth so much. That's why you got to pay so much for pearls. And by the same token, Titus's work did not call for him to simply, 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 I'll use that word simply because nothing is simple in Christianity. Nothing is simple. Titus's work did not call for him to simply Walk out in the streets of Crete and say the name of Jesus and everybody gets saved and follow him to his church. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Sheesh, man, I can write a book on this stuff. Ah, uh, the Pied Pastor. <laughs> Uh, no. See, simply put, that's too easy. It's too easy. Titus was going to have to roll up his sleeves and be ready and willing to be a Royal Ranger for anything. That's what he had to be ready for. That's why I thank God for our Royal Rangers. Ready for anything. Right away, they're taught like that, huh? We've got to understand that. Christianity is not easy. It's a, it's a battle. It's a fight. See, if, if, if Titus had learned to sacrifice before, he was going to have to learn to hang out with the spirit of sacrifice and of doing without for quite a while. Did you hear what I said? If he had learned a little bit of the spirit of sacrifice when he was with the Apostle Paul, now when push comes to a shove, he was going to have to learn to hang out with that spirit of sacrifice and learn to do without for quite a while. It doesn't happen overnight. Some of you sometimes you look at us and we'll pull in here and I have my, my nice car. My wife's got her nice car. Ooh, my daughter's got a car. And you look at us like, oh, man, you, there was a period of four months we had to walk to church many years ago. I'm not saying that, I'm just, I'm just telling you, okay? We had no car. Somebody had blessed us with a car. They had gotten a divorce. The wife wanted it back. You know how that goes, ladies. And the guy meant well. He's a great guy. Still today, he's one of my best friends. A great guy. He wanted to help us. I love that man. But he said, I got to get the car back, man. You know? I said, fine. Four months, we had to walk to church. There were some people, hey, Pastor, you need to write. Uh, let me pray on it. Yeah. 
We got some gas money. I can give you 50 cents. I'm just kidding. Uh, but really, there was a time when, when I, I told you before, when I, I mean, I wish I had enough money to stop at Cecil's. I remember the first time I got to stop at Cecil's. It was like, wow. They told me, try the pastrami. Wow. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that stuff. Titers are going to have to learn to go through all that stuff. Because not only is it easy, excuse me, listen to this, in ministry. Not only is it easy come, easy go. But when the hard times come, the easy go. Not only is it easy come, easy go, but to many individuals, when the hard times come, the easy go. I want out of here. Can't hang. Men do not achieve greatness because there's no hardships and big mountains to climb. Rather, they only achieve greatness because of the great battles and the great obstacles they have climbed and fought. You can't say that you're great if you ain't been through some great big old mountain, big old trial. You can't say that. You know, years ago, I, I'm from the neighborhood. There was this guy that was a good friend of mine. He was a champion boxer in San Quentin. 12 years undefeated. Some of you know who I'm talking about. Baddest guy that ever was walked in Oxnard. Uh, he was a friend of mine, and he'd gotten saved. I was the first one. He was the second. And so we, we bonded. Then a few other crazy guys got saved, and we'd bond, and we'd hang out. And they had a home in Oxnard. It wasn't a victory, but it was like, it was, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who does the dog. Who was, his name was Boxer. You guys will say Boxer Bustamante. You guys will never probably know who he is. But real famous in Maravilla in East LA. This guy never lost a fight either. Except when he fought my friend. It's the only time he ever lost. This guy was bad. Cal used to tell me about him. Other guys would tell me about him. He was Boxer se levantaba, bro. He was bad. Huh? So I, I, I just sit there and trip on the conversations. And they'd be going back and forth. You know, and these guys talk that, what I just did right now. They talk big time slang. And they're Christians, but all that stuff. And then it got to the point where they finally got to the, the four fights they had had in San Quentin. Uh, and, oh, oh, it looked like I had to go like this. Had to use some wisdom. The wisdom of Solomon. Chop me in half, eh? Because they started getting a little, you know, they were sort of new converts still. <laughs> uh, and I was older, so I had to, you know, and they knew, but they knew, understood my leadership, so I, I stood right there. Because they were getting a little, now my friend was, because the other guy was, they were, they didn't mean to, but they were, they really fought, and they had, and then the, 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 the other guy from our neighborhood, he said, you know what, mean boxer, he says, the best fights I ever had were with you, but I beat you. So like, what can I say? You know, I'm sorry, you know. I beat you. You know, I was, you know. And Boxer was like, you know, that East LA pride, brother. You know, talk, you know, American me, my God. Those guys, he was like, you know. Had to calm down. But I heard the other day. I'm just going to say this. I heard the other day that my friend, now, I called and there was a funeral that happened in my neighborhood and I said, was he there? And they said, no, because he's carrying, now he carries one of those oxygen, oxygizer to, 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 and he was probably too, didn't want to go with all the fellows and have that there now. He's older now. Man, I said, I'm going to call him. I said to myself, I got to tell this guy in love under the spirit, Max Alpha, was one bad dude. You guys don't know who Max Alva is. Max was in San Quentin with these guys. Max was not a bad boxer like them, but he was bad. Because this man traveled throughout the world, got on planes, got on cars, as an evangelist for Victory Outreach with that same oxygizer, would come off all up his nose and, and, and he'd preach with that thing too. And he prayed for healing so people would get healed. And he didn't get healed. He went on to be with the Lord. 
But that showed me this was a bad, bad dude. Uh, this was a tough guy. Because he wasn't ashamed of what people said. He did what God had called him to do. I honor that man. And I've said nothing in this sermon. I say it for the honor and glory of God that Max Zaba was a bad motor scooter in Victory Outreach. Because he didn't mind doing all that stuff. That's bad. Uh, see, Moses sent out 12 spies to check out the cities of Canaan. Uh, like we did last month in Tracy. Ten saw, their, saw from a negative side. Their point of view. Ten spies. And we'll never know their names. Because of their negativity. They were defeated before they started. We'll never know their names. But Joshua and Caleb. They not only saw obstacles, but they saw opportunities. Because they saw from the heart. They had courage. They had faith in Almighty God. There's a poem about America. The early stages of America. That spoke to our country's early pioneers. And it says this about them. Give me men to match my mountains. Max Hubble was one of those guys. He was one of those guys that had that faith. Even he didn't care what people thought. He, he was going to do what God had called him to do irregardless. Give me men to match. That's what America, the prairies were calling for. You want to be a pioneer? And we live in Hayward where the Cal State Hayward people are called pioneers. There's a reason for this church. It's a pioneering church. The pioneering church is what you belong to. Give me men to match my mountains, cries the world. They're in this place. They're in this place. And I'm not just talking to men, I'm talking to ladies too. Because let me tell you something, ladies. If the guys don't do it, we'll support you. I'll support you. Give me men to match my mountains. There's a religion called Christian science, and I'm getting close to closing. There's a religion called Christian science. And the way that Christian science people win their battles is by minimizing their difficulties. But us in Christianity... We win our battles by magnifying our courage. That's how we win our battles. Not minimizing the difficulties, magnifying our confidence. When Paul wrote the letter, he certainly didn't know that it was going to be canonized. So it was going to be, become a part of the Bible. He didn't know that. But a good number of writings, a good number of writings, they have a way of bringing and making a difference in people's lives. The Emancipation of Proclamation. The Declaration of Independence. They say that Uncle Tom's cabin did more for slavery than all the modern armies of the North. Just that one book, that writing. They say that Charles Wesley's hymns will do more for Christianity than his brother John Wesley will ever do for Christianity. And this letter that Paul wrote to one of the pastors that he'd sent out. It also had a heavy, heavy effect. Because my friend, it seems that Titus took the letter and, that, and then took on anything else that came his way. Did you hear what I said? Oh, don't let me lose you. It seems like the letter he wrote, it seems like Titus took the letter and once he read it, he took on anything else that came his way. Because the historians say a few years ago, a number of years ago, they were doing... Archaeologists were doing excavation in the island of Crete. They found all kinds of churches. They dug up all kinds. All kinds. And not small churches, cathedrals. Big, big churches all over that island. That's why people can say, you know what, Titus took to heart what he heard, what he read when the Apostle Paul, his pastor, spoke to him. Uh, it seems that something happened to this wicked, godless, spiritually, you know, apathetic people in Crete. Could it be, my friend, that Titus turned his attitude around and then turned around and then went and turned around the whole island? I say, yes, he did. And now, my friend, it's time to go turn around Sacramento. It's time to go turn around Pittsburgh. It's time to go and turn around Santa Rosa. It's time, my friend, to go and turn around our cities, Vallejo. 
It's time to go turn around Tracy. It's time to go turn around Hayward. It's time to go and turn around the state. It's time to go and turn around the nation. It's time to turn around, go and turn around the world, the planet. It's time. We got a job to do. Understand what you belong to. A ministry like this, Victory Outreach. Uh, is there not a cause for this cause left I thee in Pittsburgh, in Vallejo? Uh, is there not a cause? Yes, there is a cause. So my friend, don't discreet, don't dis Pittsburgh, don't dis Hayward, don't dis Tracy, don't dis the inner cities of this world. Now the, the, the cause we're called to is not an easy task. The task set before us. There are not people that are ready. Matter of fact, there's going to be all kinds of opposition. Uh, and the kind of people God has chosen are like, like the weakest people on this planet. I've said it before. For the fourth time today, I'm going to say something that I've said before. Probably the weakest person in this place. You're looking right at him. And God picked me. Wow. So if God picked me, the weakest person in this place, he can pick you. To go fight some heavy-duty battles, you got to learn to pray. you got to learn how to get a hold of God. you got to learn to sacrifice. I said, well, send me now, Pastor, send me now. Oh, yeah, yeah, come on. Uh, we have prayer on Thursdays, Saturdays. We're supposed to be here an hour ahead of time. Uh, you ain't going to go out if you, you're, you're laying back, uh, pussyfooting the devil, playing jacks with the enemy. That ain't going to get it. We got to sacrifice. On every head bowed, every eye closed. 